We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Tiny Straightcast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Nothing's in the books right now, Dan. We're, we're in the book. The books are currently happening. Uh, rookie draft season is underway. People are having rookie drafts last week and this week and the following week. There's so many. Rook- I, I have a rookie draft or auction starting every single Thursday from a rookie draft or Debbie draft every single Thursday between now and uh, the end of July or end of June. Um, so very busy off season for Nathan as a commissioner, as always. Um, but how is your rookie draft season going so far? And do you have 18 Jonathan Mingos like me? <laughs> no, no, I have four or five Jordan Addison's though. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been an interesting one. I think I've made more trades in this, uh, in, in this draft season than I have in like the last four or five combined. I feel like it's very easy to move around in this in this draft because after Bajan Robinson, it's kind of, you know, th- those top four are essentially set in non super flex. And then your top, I would say seven or eight in super flex leagues are, are pretty much locked in, but I think you can still move around a little bit. And then there's some decent value in that, that mid two to mid three range where there's still a lot of players that have promise that were day two players, uh, you know, whether it's tight end, wide receiver, there's some running backs floating around in there. Uh, most of the running backs go fairly early, it seems. But yeah, the, it's been it's been good. And and if people haven't had their um, their drafts quite yet and they they wait till a little later on in the summer, I would say wait until the draft is occurring to move around. Once you see where guys are about to land, move up to get your guy, even if you have to maybe go one or two spots higher than he may have ended up going. Uh, that that seems to be the move I, I made some deals pre-draft um you know probably could have waited and gotten more but nonetheless it's a, it's fun this season and like i said i think trading this season has been easier than most yeah i i think that in comparison to years past it's so hard to trade down because there's not a lot of 
decisiveness of I want this guy, I want that guy. It's like you have these tiers of like, oh, you have the tier of day two wide receivers, you have the two of day two tier of day two running backs, and no one cares about the difference between Ty J Spears and Tank Bigsby. Like, yes, maybe Spears had the high, higher draft capital or is looking maybe a, a more immediate chance at draft at at you know uh, production because he's behind an older running back, but nobody is lo- is looking to to make that difference up. So if you have a like if you have some conviction in between tiers, it is going to be a lot cheaper than maybe it would have been in years past. I've seen a lot of very undervalued trade ups. So I think it's very possible with including a player that doesn't have a ton of value, but the other owner likes moving up two spots, five spots, seven spots is is much easier than I think than it ever has been to move up pretty much anywhere outside the top five or seven. All right. So, yes, I mean, yesterday, last week, we talked about the rookies and maybe a shade of some veteran talk. We talked about Desmond Ritter. I think he's that he's in a good position. You think he still sucks. Um, the the Gibbs Gibbs hurting, obviously, Swift and then getting the train, Swift getting a bump from the Eagles. Um, and then the Walker, uh, the Walker Char- Charbonnet. I think somebody uh, uh, DM me that I was saying Charbonnet and that was wrong. Um, I don't care. It's just Charbs. <laughs> the 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 charbs walker backfield um so today let's talk about some veterans and some offenses and how they were impacted by the incoming players uh we'll start off with the first round wide receiver uh zay flowers he's coming into an offense this is like the interesting thing is that usually on draft weekend and i know obviously we had some trades last year that that were big impacts but usually on draft weekend it's rookies that are impacting veteran value but the Ravens had both a rookie come in to impact veteran value and a re-signing to come back and, imp- uh, and impact veteran value to an extent. Um, you had the Flowers uh, draft drafting in the first round, and you had Lamar Jackson re-signing on draft day. Obviously, Lamar re-signing is definitely positive news for Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews rather than having to deal with some sort of reclamation project at quarterback. Um, I think this is definitely an interesting one in terms of – I think that if you have any sort of conviction – on Bateman over Flowers or Flowers over Bateman, I think you're lying to yourself. Um, maybe you're getting a little bit of rookie fever with Zay Flowers, or maybe you're dismissing Flowers because he doesn't have, you know, the prototypical size, you know, speed type thing. Um, but I think they're very much a 1A, 1B situation. I think maybe you can tick Bateman a hair down because he was the only show in town and now he's not. But I don't think this has a, like a large impact on, on Bateman at this point. I think that it just kind of maybe lowers his I think the floor is probably similar I think it lowers his ceiling because he's not the only show in town outside of the tight end position anymore yeah I fear Nathan that it it may not matter uh, like you said tight end is the deal in Baltimore uh, I mean last year Demarcus Robinson led the team in targets and Devin Duvernay led the team in fantasy points at the wide receiver position Mark Andrews had 113 targets. Isaiah likely had 60. You can add in a couple more down the line from guys like Josh Oliver, uh, Patrick Ricard. It It's not, and it hasn't been at least, a, a team that is like gung-ho, get the wide receiver the ball. It is a running team with assets. Now, Hollywood Brown in 2021 had almost 150 targets after Mark Andrews also had just over 150 targets. So I think that, that you know, combination is probably our best-case scenario. 
but nobody else on the team had more than 70 that year. So it's probably going to be a Mark Andrews and one of the wide receivers mattering. And I fear early on that it's going to be Odell Beckham Jr. because you don't go get him if you're not going to at least try, which is probably bad for Bateman, definitely, because you would assume with time, Flowers only gets better. So it it might be one of those things where they try to move on from Rashad Bateman. They kind of threw some shade at him over the offseason, uh, and then they go and draft Flowers. So I love Rashad Bateman. I think he's twice the player that Zay Flowers is. But it very much seems like it's not working out in Baltimore for Rashad Bateman. Uh, again, speculation, but it hasn't really gone his way thus far. Has had trouble staying on the field, and when he has been on the field, it's been moderate to good overall. It has not been great. Has not been anywhere near what we wanted out of Rashad Bateman. And looking at your guy Mark Andrews, look at the range of outcomes. App the the most likely uh, point outputs per, per game for Andrews according to the range of outcomes app is. 11, 12, 13, 14 points are looking like his range, that 11 to 14 point range, which isn't, you know, shocking by any means in a non, uh, non-tight end premium type format. Um, he's going to eat regardless of the Flowers slash Bateman thing. I honestly, I, when I was writing this up, I forgot that Odell Beckham was a Raven. Um, I, I, I wouldn't go about undervaluing or devaluing a wide receiver based on any sort of projection from Odell Beckham. I know they paid him a lot. But, like, outside of a brief run with the Rams, like, we haven't seen him do much in four years. So, you know, if there's anything from here, I would be selling Odell Beckham, I guess. Um, and I think that Bateman is the wide receiver one, Flowers is the wide receiver two. That's my takeaway here. And um, out of as far as, like, draft day slash the re-signing in general, I think it's a net positive for both. Sure. And, and yeah, I mean... Like I said before, I think it's just going to be Andrews and one of the wide receivers. I don't think we all of a sudden see a huge leap from Lamar Jackson going from, you know, attempting at his peak 400 passes in 2018 and has kind of been on a steady decline since. Uh, and, And that's, you know, obviously throwing 382 passes in 12 games in 2021 was what we were kind of hoping more to see with with at least getting the ball in the air more, but that also led to more turnovers. That team uh, wasn't exactly what, what we had hoped it had, what would have been uh, kind of like the 2019 and 2020 teams. So hopefully we can see a little bit of a return to the 19 and 20 Ravens and the 19 and 20 Lamar Jackson, where passing is more efficient, uh, a little bit more heavy handed, and we don't need to return to the last two years. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And as far as that offense, it just has to become more aggressive. And I think that, you know, Todd Monken should be a huge upgrade over uh, Greg Roman. So that should be the the biggest thing, along with them investing in the pass catching with with adding OBJ and adding Zay Flowers. There should be an e- increase in pass volume. Also, it doesn't hurt that, like, or it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't hurt that like their running backs are heavily mediocre. Like J.K. Dobbins can't stay healthy when he's healthy. He's not really healthy. So if you're looking at, oh, should I run the ball with J.K. Dobbins or should I pass? It should be passed most of the time. All right, let's go to the quarterback landing spots. Um, we'll start with our, uh, I know we talked about 
you know, which quarterbacks we liked and where they went. Now let's kind of talk about the inverse. Which weapons do we like based on which quarterback they got? So we want to kind of just review Bryce Young, Panthers, Anthony Richardson, Colts, C.J. Stroud, Texans, uh, Will, Will Levis, Titans, and Hennon Hooker, Lions. To start, I, I would say that I am excited about the Lions and their weapons with Hooker. I just don't know if that's actually going to happen. So I will say that I'm excited about Bryce Young and the Panthers weapons. We have Jonathan Mingo, who I said that I'm already overexposed to in rookie drafts and rookie auctions. And then you have some nice veterans and DJ Chark and Adam Thielen. Obviously Adam Thielen's on his last legs, but when, when you talk about, um, you know, this offense having a lot of pieces around it, it can definitely be a benefit to Bryce Young. And it's going to be a benefit to these guys that they're going to have Bryce Young at quarterback rather than Andy Dalton. Yeah. It's, it's it's weird. I, see, I I think the weapons are going to be better for Young than Young is going to be for the weapons. You you got the couple of veteran guys. Obviously, you bring in Mingo, who we hope is going to grow with Bryce Young, and those two can be a duo, you know, early and often. But I, I think it's going to be the veterans that are going to help lead that team. And I that you know we saw what Adam Thielen provided last year in Minnesota. And it wasn't much. The explosiveness is all but gone. Uh, you know, the route running is still very sharp. He, he's he's very much and, and was kind of uh, reminiscent of a late career Chris Carter where he wasn't getting away from anybody, but he caught it if you threw it to him. So I, I think, you know, with, with Bryce Young's accuracy, that could be a little bit of a match made in heaven. We could see uh, Adam Thielen become his kind of his his binky his his safety blanket so I, I don't hate that um the one that'll be interesting in two-ish years depending on when that golf contract officially runs out or if they decide to resign him to any sort of extension uh will be hand and hooker because yeah you have amon ross st brown you have jameson williams you have but well now jameer gibbs and and david montgomery in the backfield sam, sam laporta Sam Laporta, you bring in. There's there's weapons galore in Detroit. That one we're gonna have the the career delay on though, unfortunately, because I don't think there's a chance in hell Hendon Hooker's beating him in any you know, capacity in camp this year. And I think he could start to challenge for it next year if things go as as planned. And um, Goff's a free agent after this year, I'm pretty sure, right? No, he's he's signed through the twenty four season. He's a free okay, agent twenty five. But, he, but but he's cuttable after this off season or after this season. Yeah, I mean he was cuttable after last season. So yeah. his last two years on his contract are like five million dollar rosters. Yeah. So the the dead money goes goes down. But it basically after this season is when you would anticipate seeing him if Hendon Hooker, prior to his age forty one season as a sophomore, because he's old. Hashtag old. Uh, <laughs> if if he makes the progress, we could see him as soon as next year. Um, I still think Anthony Richardson in the Colts, uh, you know, I, I don't love Josh Downs, but that's a nice, you know, little speed weapon to add to Michael Pittman. And, you know, obviously having Jonathan Taylor there, that offense has a chance to be, I would argue the best of this group now and compete for the best of the group as we move to the future. Uh, obviously, the the Titans one I despise because they only have Traylon Burks. Um, and, and Chico Conquo, too. I, I think he can provide some value uh, from the tight end perspective, but I don't think he's going to be a game-changer in any capacity. I don't see him as a top-five guy. 
but I think he could get 70, 80, 90 targets and provide value depending on what they do. Obviously, short term, we probably still think it's going to be Ryan Tannehill, uh, Malik Willis all but dead now with Will Levis going there. Uh, and then, you know, Stroud to the Texans, probably the worst landing spot for any quarterback you could imagine. Yes. This is very I, much David Carr, uh, a la 2002 or whatever year it was. Yeah, I don't like the Texans weapon. Like, I I like the Texans weapons to be named later. <laughs> um, which unfortunately, so hold on. If John Mechie is healthy yeah. and strong, right? Yeah. He, he's made it leaps and bounds, and it's like the greatest news ever that he's on the right path to come back. If he is healthy and strong, he, he could be like a 150-target guy because he is not only is he that good, but he is their only guy that knows how to play football. Not, not You're not a Tank Dell fan? N- no. <laughs> Tank Carradine, uh, maybe. Remember Tank Carradine? I, briefly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I... I, I say this, I, I, I jokingly say I want the Texans' weapons to be named later, but unfortunately they don't have a first-round pick next year because they <laughs> used it to trade it for a defensive end. Um, so let's say the, the second, third round uh, free agency picks that they end up with the Texans next year, maybe that's the weapons that you want from, from C.J. Stroud. But yeah, no, the, the weapons for the Titans are, are gross, um, and Will Levis, who we aren't a fan of, going there does not help the value of Trey Lombard. So I do like... Um, and then Chico Conco is fine. I don't, I don't think that his value goes too high or too low based off of the acquisition of Will Levis. Um, and then, yep, so that covers all of those landing spots. Uh, before we head into the second half of the show, we have ourselves to talk about, Roto-Viz. It's the offseason. You know, people have their best ball tournaments up going. They have their rookie drafts going. There are so many tools for all these different types of format. Redraft, Dynasty, Best Ball. We play so many different formats, you might as well be prepared. And the only way to be prepared this offseason is through Roto-Viz. If you want to get involved with Roto-Viz and support the pod, use RV Radio 2023. It's a 10% discount off of your Roto-Viz subscription. And it gives you great access to all of our content and tools, including the Advanced Stats Explorer, Stealing Signals, Range of Outcomes, we got our, our ADP draft board, the prospect box score scout. So many great tools for you to use in your rookie drafts and your best ball drafts. Maybe we'll even have our good friends that I can't mention in this ad, but maybe they'll come back and talk to us in a couple weeks, uh, Dan. Uh, that would be nice to get some more money in our pockets. So for now, if you want money in Dan and I's pockets, go to Rotoviz and uh, use promo code RVRADIO2023 to support the pod and get access to those, all of those awesome content and tools. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, let's go to our last few topics we have. We'll start off with the Browns wide receivers. I wasn't necessarily expecting them to invest a day two pick in a wide receiver, particularly after, you know, kind of using a day two pick to acquire Elijah Moore. But this is the wide receiver core of the Browns. So right now, uh, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Cedric Tillman, DPJ, and David Bell, uh, Obviously, Amari Cooper is the wide receiver one here. Who do you see of these of the the next one, two, three, four emerging as a wide receiver two? Is it clearly Moore? Is it clearly Tillman? Is it, is there not going to be a wide receiver two in this offense? Is the wide receiver two David Njoku? Well, I, I do think that David Njoku has uh, has a lot of potential to move up those tight end ranks to become a solidified top end tight end one. But we've been saying that for what seems like twenty five years. I think Tillman to this mix makes sense, but I, th- I think he's slightly more of a project than kind of a, a guarantee. Uh, like he said, obviously Amari Cooper is your one. I actually do really like Elijah Moore here. I think he slots in nicely, no pun intended, in the slot. And I think you move DPJ in that on the other side across, and those three in combination make so much sense together. We saw DPG, DPJ dominate at times the way we saw him dominate in college, doing the things, using his size, and and making all of those plays. Uh, underwhelming rookie season from David Bell. I think a lot of people had much higher hopes for him. However, I, I think because of this group and how strong it is, he's he's similar uh, in, in that capacity as Cedric Tillman, where I, I think it's more hopeful than anything at this point but I I think Tillman has a chance to end up being one of the outside guys or potentially taking that slot role from Elijah Moore I just think Elijah Moore is going to have a chip on his shoulder now and he was already quite good just being on the bad New York Jets so you get to go to to Cleveland you have an actual quarterback hopefully and you have some other running mates playing wide receiver across from you aside from you know Garrett Wilson who is obviously very very good um but now you you have hopefully a strong offense with Nick Chubb in the backfield these all of these wide receivers 
could provide value at some point down the road. I just I, I see Tillman as more of a not 2023. If anything, it's going to be 2024 and beyond. I think David Bell is also in that group. Um, Amari, David, David, David Bell's in the group of he's cooked. Uh, it's over. See, I, I don't think he's well, he could be cooked, but I, I think he did enough in college to prove that he can at the very least play the position, but he's more than likely a depth guy at, you know, for his career. But we said the same thing about DPJ. He was a Debbie. It was a, a, a Debbie star uh, drafted highly everywhere came out and nothing, but some guys take time. I think Tillman's probably in that camp and we'll see. It's, it's a potentially a very fun group. Yeah, I think that this is an interesting offense to look at in terms of best ball and best ball redraft in terms of stacking. Like, you can stack two or three of these Browns wide receivers with Watson very cheaply. And if Watson returns to 2018, 2019 Watson, then it's going to be gangbusters. Uh, You know, Elijah Moore is going to be, you know, high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. So uh, whoever the wide receiver three is, whether it's Tillman or or DPJ or David Bell, one of those guys is going to be, you know, a wide receiver three in fantasy. So I think that this definitely is a a cheap and interesting stack looking in, in, in redraft. And then in Dynasty, it's also just like, if you want to put together an offense, like this is not an expensive offense to put together, particularly at the wide receiver position. So, um I'd be looking to kind of add a couple of these guys, maybe a more, obviously more in Tillman would be the, the two highest ranked in dynasty for me. Um, but I think that Moore has the highest upside of the, of the next four. And I think Tillman probably has the highest long-term floor and maybe DPJ has the highest short-term floor. And there's going to be some, some added value uh, from what's left behind by Kareem Hunt. He didn't have a lot of targets, but moving 40 off of Kareem Hunt onto Maybe it's Cedric Tillman. Maybe it, it those go to Elijah Moore along with Harrison Bryant's 40. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb's still going to probably get f- between, I don't know, 40 and 60 targets. Uh, it could be higher now with with the uh, the departure of Kareem Hunt. David Bell only had about 40 last year. So it, last year it was it was Amari. It was DPJ. Uh, and Joku only played 14 games. He had 80 targets in those 14. So I think we're probably looking at Closer to 100 targets for David Njoku. And, you know, maybe you get one. I think Amari stays is dominating the target share. But there's no reason to believe that somebody else can't hop in here and still get 80 targets and and be usable but not quite a star. I I think Watson, with the volume, and if assuming he returns to form, he can support at least two wide receivers. And it doesn't take much to support a tight end. But I, I think Njoku could be in line for a, a high-end tight end finish. All right, let's go on to the day two running backs. So which of the day two running backs is hurting their veteran? We have Kendra Miller-Kamara, Tank Bigsby-ETN, and Tyje Spears-Derek Henry. I would have said um, if Tyje Spears had two ACLs, I would have said this is easily <laughs> Derrick Henry. Uh, obviously, he's getting uh, much older. Having a legitimate RB2 behind him could end up decreasing his touches. And Henry has always been volume dependent because he's not a huge participant in the passing game. So he needs those bigger rushing numbers in order to you know, be a top-end running, running back option. Unfortunately, I'm not 
uh, we've done this dance a few times the last couple of years with Darrington Evans and a couple other, you know, uh, day two running backs or early day three running backs with the Titans. None of them have stuck, and I don't see Spears sticking either. I would I would lean towards not that Alvin Kamara had a ton of value beforehand, but I think that this vastly, vastly, vastly decreases his his dynasty and redraft floor is Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think that Ken- Kendra Miller. I'm not buying him as like the Saints RB one in 2023, but I think that drafting him as early as they did probably signals there's a slim chance Alvin Kamara is a Saint in 2024, and then we don't know what's going to happen with Kamara's career post Saints. Yeah, and I mean they have an out after this season, and and uh, you know it, it could be it could be that he doesn't play this season. We we don't know we don't know what's going on in the, uh, the off the field stuff currently. So it, it very well could be Kendra Miller early and often. Uh, I'm not worried about Tank, Tank Bigsby in, in Jacksonville. I, I still think ETN is that guy. I will say it'd be, it'd be nice to have somebody to spell ETN a little bit so he doesn't have to go and carry the ball 300 times and get 90 targets. He, he's He's got the build of somebody I think that is probably going to be better used as a 200 carry, you know, 70 target at its highest. But we'll see kind of what breaks down there. And, yeah, I mean, the Titans just overall, we, we kind of mentioned it before when talking about Will Davis and the and the weapons. There's just not a lot to love there. Obviously, the Titans have have leaned heavily on their running game, but it's still, it's still Derrick Henry's backfielded uh, Ty J Spears is not taking any work from Derrick Henry uh like you said especially missing the majority of his knees it's uh it's kind of a, a gross spot but I, I really do think Kendra Miller has a chance to jump in somewhat early and be productive all right let's move on to the Chargers wide receivers Keenan Allen Mike Williams and Quinton Johnston being invested in the first round um, what is this signal for 2023? Does this mean that uh, Keenan Allen is no longer a Charger in 2024? What do you make of this this situation, this wire situation, short term and long term? Well, this this could be the start of the mass exodus that will more than likely be that wide receiver room uh, as they attempt to retool for Justin Herbert so they don't miss out on his prime years. Uh, we we saw a pretty significant step backwards last year. And I don't want to blame the wide receivers for the quarterback playing poorly, but it definitely seemed like something was off. Uh, it did not look like the same passing offense that we had seen prior. And it, it might just be time. You know, Keenan Allen's, what, 32 now, somewhere in there. Uh, Mike Williams has never been able to stay on the field outside of the one year where they actually let him run routes. And he proved to be, uh, a, you know, a very, very strong, but that was short lived. So yes, I think after 2023, the Chargers have their out on Keaton Allen. Uh, he may ride off into the sunset with again, him not exactly being the healthiest person on the planet either. And that could just kind of be the end of an era for the Chargers. Mike Williams will be 30 before next season starts. Uh, that will be, they also have an out there that contract, Essentially, the the dead money cuts in half after this season. So, I don't want, I, you know, I don't want people getting cut left and right. But 
it it seems like a very clean line. The Chargers could be end up targeting, uh, you know, whether it's a free agent, wide receiver, uh, you know, st- stacking up with, um, stacking up with Quentin Johnston if they like Quentin if he ends up playing well. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan, but if you can wait a year or two, he may end up being the wide receiver one in a Justin Herbert offense. And uh, unfortunately, even if I don't like the player, that's action I want a piece of. Yeah, it, it's definitely out of the the first round wide receivers. He probably has the lowest floor in year one just because of competing with targets for Mike Williams and Keon Allen. But having Justin Herbert as your quarterback provides immense upside and then potential be just number two receiver one provides even more upside. Um, so I, I have him, you know, as the wide receiver three of, of those top four, I, I prefer Addison and of course, JSN. Um, but like I said, I, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't be upset leaving a rookie draft with Quentin Johnston. Um, I do think that it does hurt the long-term value of Keenan Allen. But here's the, the, the bad part for Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams. Quentin Johnston coming decreases the amount of years that they're going to have Justin Herbert. When Mike Williams and Keenan Allen no longer have Justin Herbert as their quarterback, it's probably going to be a bad thing for their statistical careers. Um, so that's kind of where that's at. Um, let's end with another AFC West wide receiver core. Uh, uh, Sean Payton with his first pick in the Denver Broncos era. Uh, they selected um, Den- Den- not Denzel Mims, Marvin Mims. <laughs> Denzel Mims would have been... Denzel Mims oh, been no, we don't need any more Denzel Mims. <laughs> Denzel Mims would have been a bad pick. Uh, Marvin Mims. Does Marvin Mims getting drafted in the second round signal a trade of Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, or Cortland Sutton? Or does it signal that they're going to let Jerry Judy walk after the season? Uh, I think it is more than likely that Tim Patrick is going to end up being the odd man out. He, He currently has a top 10 salary on the team, which that's horrible. Good job, John Elway. Uh... They have an out after 23 season. He'll be 31 before the start of next season. That's that's not a business you want to get into is overpaying old wide receivers. So I, I think you can plan on Tim Patrick being gone. Uh, I would love to see them bring back Jerry Judy because I think the combination of Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Marvin Mims is exactly why you draft you know, Marvin Mims to add to that group because... That is a trio that, I mean, could potentially be game-changing. Uh, the the one hang-up, you know, Cortland Sutton, 27, he's got a fairly, I don't want to say monstrous contract, but it was very much front-loaded. He could also be the one out after the 23 season. I don't think we see any changes uh, unless somebody comes and is willing to pay the price on Jerry Judy. I think the ultimate goal here is to re-sign Jerry Judy, have Mims in the two or the three spot, and whether it's maintaining Cortland Sutton, who would also be 30 by the end of his contract, but he would only be 28 going on 29 if they cut him after this season, where his dead cap number goes from 26 million to seven and a half million. So, that line in the sand looked looks very clear from afar. Uh, it, it could be Sutton and Patrick both gone so the team can save money so they can pay Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy needs to have a big season. 
I don't think they're going to trade him or re-sign him until they know that this kid can play because he's been hot and cold since he's been in the league. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think that most likely um, one of these guys, Junior Sutton, ends up not being on the Broncos in 2024. Um, but for now, I think that all, all three will be on the team. Maybe maybe Patrick ends up being an offseason trade, but most likely not. But I think Mims does need a Patrick trade in order to be any sort of relevant in Ooh. Who is trading for a 30-year-old? I know, I know, I know. But but the Broncos like him enough that they're going to target him if he's there. Yeah. I I, don't, I mean, you know, what I think I think the the most important piece of this is Jerry Judy, whether or not he performs. If he doesn't perform, you probably keep Sutton. You maybe even hang on to Patrick. If he's looks very good like he did in the what, 14 games that he played last year where he had almost 1000 yards, I think it's Jerry Judy and Marvin Mims moving forward. As much as I like Cortland Sutton and as much as that makes sense, you need the money to pay Judy and free up some space for other other weapons as well. Um, we the the big the big thing here is we need Russell Wilson to not be absolutely awful. Yes, that 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 is the operative word for any of the Broncos' weapons, whether it be uh, Greg Dulcich, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, or the incoming uh, Marvin Mims. All right, that should wrap us up for our talk about the veterans from this class. Obviously, we'll continue to talk about rookies and veterans and all the such. But any last words, Dan? No, I think that was a fun recap, and we'll be around next week, folks. All righty, that should wrap us up for today. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kado! When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.